Your Money Today, Caroline Wright starts a new series of discussions, all looking at the ways you can financially empower yourself. Good morning, Caroline. Good morning. Yes, I'm joined today by Eleanor Coleman, Principal Partner and Founder of the Financial Empowerment Group at St. James Place, to start a new series of discussions about empowering ourselves. And we're going to kick off today with a look at retirement. Thanks for joining me, Eleanor. Well, thank you for having me. So let's talk about starting off with realistic targets and why we should be planning for our retirements earlier in life than many of us actually manage to do. Well, planning for your retirement is one of the most important things you can do, but it's also one of the hardest to get started. Essentially, we're living longer than we ever have before, and we'd like the uh, ability to retire early. But let's say you do retire at 55, uh, with the average life expectancy being in your mid-80s, you're looking at 30 years of retirement. Now, let's say you've got 20 years of travelling and drinking wine and seeing friends and all those lovely things, but then you've also got to pay for end-of-life health and making sure that you are taken care of when, when you can't really travel as much. So realistically, the earlier you start planning for your retirement, the better. So is this a particular problem in Asia? You mentioned there a lot about life expectancy and certainly here in Hong Kong, life expectancy is very high. So how much more do people need to be kind of putting aside to, to cope with that? Well, when it comes to life expectancy in Asia, I mean, realistically, we're all living to mid-80s, um, early 90s. In Japan, there are a lot of people who are over 100. Hong Kong and Singapore are two of the most expensive places in the world to live. So they're, by that definition, two of the most expensive places to, to try and start saving as well. So if you're paying vast amounts of money to rent and then the, the cost of living in Hong Kong is quite high, it's quite hard to start putting money away. So the earlier you can do it, the better you can um, benefit from compounding interest and compounding growth. But it's also very important um, to supplement the, the state provided or the government provided um, MPF and C, uh, CPF in, the, in Hong Kong, in, in Singapore. So essentially, we're putting away a very small amount of our income per month, and it's matched by the uh, companies, and there are MPFs and also's, and there's a variety of ways of doing it. But for a lot of people, that is not going to be the bulk of what they live on when they retire. So what should they be doing? What, what plans should they be putting in place alongside those government schemes? So looking at what you essentially want your retirement to look like, I mean, everyone has a different view of their retirement and it might be as complicated as I want to go and live in the south of France or I want to have you know a holiday home in Japan, but it might just be I want to be able to go to a cash machine and not worry that I can't get anything out. Everyone has a very different view of what their retirement should look like. But the important thing is to get advice early and to start saving early because the earlier you start the longer time frame you have for things to to grow but also as we've seen recently there are a lot of potential problems when you get things like covid and you get uh, these unexpected uh, global downturns so the the longer you have to prepare for retirement the better so you talked about COVID there, and that, that is a very important discussion because I think uh, there are a lot of priorities when you're first kind of considering saving. And, and one of the things would be to put aside a, a rainy day fund of, of money. So 
what should people be prioritising? You, you know, uh, should they be putting bits of money aside for both of those things at the same time? Absolutely. Um, so it really depends on where you are in your career. So when I first moved to Hong Kong, if I had um, a couple of grand in my bank account, I thought I was doing very well because I didn't have any expenses. Now I'm married and I've got a mortgage and two kids. And so if I only had a couple of grand in my bank account, I'd be uh, a little bit more worried. <laughs> so I think it really depends on where you are in your life and where you are in your career. But a good rule of thumb is to have three to six months of your expenses in the bank account. However, I think the last couple of years has really proven to people that even with that amount of money in their bank account, um, you might not feel completely secure. So some people have um, put money into investments that they have access to or that they can they can get to if they need to. So things like time deposits, but also looking at low, low um, in, uh, in returning investments that can uh, provide you with some kind of return, but that you can access is always a good idea. So you mentioned earlier a variety of the factors that we should be uh, putting in place when we're planning for retirement. And, and a lot of that is to do with how comfortable you would like life to be. You know, you mentioned just being able to get some cash out or, you know, some people might be aspiring to go traveling the world in some kind of luxury cruise or something like this. And th th these things aren't going to be cheap. But are there any other key factors that people should be putting in place? I'm thinking maybe around their, their family responsibilities as well. Yeah, absolutely. So we are uh, experiencing a huge amount of intergenerational wealth transfer at the moment. So um, a lot of people who are in their sort of 40s and 50s have got a situation where they're looking after their children, but they've also got to start looking after their parents as well. And so when you're looking at your own retirement, you want to be in a position where you know how much of a burden you, you're prepared to be on your own children. So if you are looking at having a very independent retirement where you are paying for your own health insurance, you're paying for your own care, you need to put those positions that, that, that into place now so that down the line it's not you're not relying on your children to have to do that for you. And, and for a lot of us, as our parents age, um, that is becoming more and more of a burden. Let's talk also about sort of the, the other things that you need to, to factor in. Are there any loopholes that people might not be aware of around their retirement planning or any uh, benefits that they can take advantage of that people often don't realise? Well, I think at the moment um, there is a, a big focus on people uh, saving after the sort of post post recovery world, and so um, looking at a diversified portfolio, minimising risks and maximising returns in the long run is always a good idea. But it's not a one time event. So when you are planning for retirement, it's not something you do in your mid thirties and then forget about. It's something that you need to look at on a on a frequent basis. It's something you need to keep checking on, um, and you need to make um, changes as your circumstances changes. So it might require um, adjustments to savings, it might require that you a bit more realistic about your retirement. I think uh, a lot of us who wanted to retire in our 50s are now looking at that thinking, oh, that's not looking uh, as, as, as uh, effective as, as it's going to be. But also most people don't retire as as our previous generations would. There is a sort of a historical view of people leaving a job after 40 years there, getting a gold watch and retiring to an allotment and, and that being that. But um, these days, a lot of people take on non-executive directorships, they work part-time, they do consultancy. And so retirement is not necessarily one date, which is a line in the sand. It can be a process that takes a few years. So then you can you can take advantage of the fact that you might still have some income coming in and you could still also be saving in parallel with 
taking some kind of pension. Yeah, absolutely. If you are um, in your 60s and decide to work part-time for a few years, it could be that you're earning just enough to um, basically cover your expenses. And if you're doing that, then you're not actually tapping into that retirement budget that you've set yourself until much later, giving that time to grow, but also giving yourself a slightly less shock to the system uh, approach to retirement. Because I think if you go from working full-time to nothing, although it's quite exciting for the first couple of weeks, I think after a while you could get quite bored quite quickly. And so uh, having having that um, that freedom to work part-time or to do something is, is always a good idea. And that's where a lot of people will go and use their skills for charitable work or for um, part-time work where they can they can really feel like they're putting something back into the system. Excellent insights. Thank you for joining me today. That's Eleanor Coleman, who is Principal Partner and founder of the Financial Empowerment Group at St. James Place.